It's time for the View in Your Mirror podcast. I'm Katie Harms, and along with Lisa Rubin, we help you check in and curate the best possible you and the best view in your mirror. We share tips, tricks, and strategies from our 35 plus years in our respective industries. We talk about your day from morning to night and everything in between. We share our uniqueness, relish in our shared experiences. Along the way, we share conversation with fabulous people who give us their own thought-provoking insights. So come along as we help you hone the best view in your mirror. Well, hello, Lisa Rubin. Good morning, Katie Harms. How are you? I am fantabulous. My bra is adjusted. Everything's in the right place. I'm good to go. So what's new in your world? Nothing's really new. I'm just uh, doing life, doing life. There's a new terminology, let's call that, that is very popular on TikTok. I did read all about this because I follow Katie Couric's wake up call every morning and I get a little news briefing by email, which I love. And she talked about it. It's called dopamine dressing. Dopamine dressing. Yes. And I, as I did a little bit more research, Dr. Karen Dawn is the one that crowned this terminology and it's a huge trend on TikTok. And it's basically what I've been talking about for years, right? It's when you put something on that you love or a color that you love, that you make your day the best day it can be. It builds your confidence. It builds your mood. It does all of these things. But now we have a term for it. Dopamine dressing. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, okay. I should have come up with that term years ago. (laughs) That's like, remember Faith Popcorn, I think her name was, came up with cocooning years ago. I don't know what was going on in the world, but it was some turmoil. So, and I think, you know, I think probably through COVID, we did cocooning again, but it really was just going more insular in your family and spending more time at home and enjoying the things around you. I love this dopamine dressing. It totally makes sense. It sets your day on the right course. And it's sort of, not sort of, it is all about what we're about here on The View in Your Mirror. We want you to present the best view of yourself in your mirror before you go out and take on the world. Maybe we should have called it dopamine something, The View in Your Mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we can have a tagline uh, the view in your mirror and the art of dopamine dressing. There you go. Although this, I think this woman came up with that terminology, but she, it's just basically wearing the clothes you love will boost your mood. And they're trying to do studies now to see if that really is the case, which after 39 years of doing what I do, I can tell you that it is the case. Right. They should ask you to be a part of the study. You I have mean, a, you have a whole control group you're in your clients. So you've seen it over and over and over again. You know, it's funny. I talk to people all the time when I'm doing their spaces is what do you first see when you walk into a space? You know, let's just take a closet. You walk into a space. Have you given just a little bit of room for something you love? Is it your purse collection that you want to see so that it's set up nicely? Do you have an island or a peninsula? Do you want to put a couple pictures on there of your kids or your grandkids? So that when you walk in, you're starting your day in a mood that makes you ready to tackle anything. Exactly. I mean, exactly. So hopefully those tips and tricks that we just talked about, whether it's dopamine dressing or dopamine spaces, (laughs) 
Well, um, it's like, okay, are you a person who, I know the answer to this question. This is like a good lawyer doesn't ask a question without knowing the answer. You have a party, you have a lovely evening or just a couple over, whatever. You ha- Do you have to have your kitchen completely cleaned up before you go to bed? You're asking me that question? <laughs> I said, I know the answer to this question. <laughs> Absolutely. I cannot wake up to a dirty kitchen. And how about in the morning when you get up, does your bed have to be made? Yes, because I don't like to get into a bed that hasn't been made. Mm-hmm. I like cold I like cold sheets. Mhm. Mhm. There's been studies done and I don't know what the outcome was and I don't know if it's just one person's opinion that if you don't put your covers on your bed, your bed actually breathes more. But I think the way that I would counteract that is to say make sure you have cotton linen cotton or linen or breathable material on your bed. I think for years, people had polyester duvets and whatnot, and that's not healthy. Right. And this whole like bamboo craze of having bamboo sheets so they breathe better. And that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, exactly. Well, I can attest that you actually do get better sleep when your body can regulate and you can't regulate underneath anything that isn't breathable. Exactly. So maybe we should switch gears. I wanted to talk a little bit about everyone goes into their closet and spring cleaning, fall cleaning, you know, usually twice a year, people kind of look at that, whether it's your house, your closet, your clothes, and they look at the clothes. But there's many other things that people should look at other than just their clothes, at least once a year, if not twice a year. Do tell. One of them is your hair, that haircut. Getting that haircut, are you going to continue to dye your hair or not dye your hair? Or do you want to be a different color hair? I mean, there's so many options, but I really encourage people to look at their hairstyle. And if they're not feeling like they love it, change it. Hair grows, hair always grows. So it's a good time to maybe try something new and go and talk to somebody who you really liked their haircut. And see who their stylist is. Everyone has a stylist. Everyone loves their stylist. I'm a person that has been going to mine for a long time. But there's nothing wrong with going and getting a new haircut from someone else and just see what happens. So I really encourage people to think about that. I think that's great. What I would say to all of these things is schedule this in. You've talked about this before. We all do maintenance. We know we have to get our teeth checked. We have to get our eyes checked. We have to do our mammograms. We have to do our colonoscopies depending on our ages, on all of these things, right? And you want to do those things because those are your maintenance. In order to give yourself that best view, you really have to look at how you're presenting in an honest fashion. And if you don't feel you can do it yourself, get your best girlfriends together and say, all right, guys, what do you think? I'm thinking about making this change. There's power in numbers. And sometimes it takes a village to raise an adult woman, (laughs) right? (laughs) And that feeling of, oh gosh, turning around in that mirror and really assessing what you need. What does your hair look like from the back? From the, So, right, put it on right. your calendar to do a check two times a year. And the other thing that goes along with hair is, I know this for a fact, is you need to change up your shampoo and conditioner you're using. Using the same one over and over again is not actually healthy and, and change it up. And if you don't know what would be best for your hair, ask a professional. There's so many different products out there and there's nothing wrong with buying a new bottle of something and trying it. 
Along exactly. with that is if you have really, really curly hair, go get a blowout. See what it looks like when you get a blowout. It will actually change the way you see yourself in the mirror. Big fan. Yeah. I mean, and go get a blowout from a professional. You know, don't have your girlfriend do it. Go somewhere and do it. There you go. All right. What's next? So we've got, we've got hair. What about um, makeup? Well, that was my next one. Along with that is skincare. So we had the skin sisters on and they talk about skincare. Skincare is probably more important to know about than the makeup. And as we age, or if we're in hot weather or in dry weather, we're in humid weather, you need to change your skincare and you need to moisturize your skin every day. You can go over the counter, you can go to Walgreens, there's great stuff there, or you can buy expensive stuff, but skincare is really, really important. And finding that perfect eye cream, I'm still trying to find the perfect eye cream, but there are a lot of eye creams out there. Another really important one to have. Would you say, Lisa, that moisture is probably keeping the moisture in is probably the most important thing? Yes. That and SPF. Right. And along with skincare and hair is if you're someone that needs to get waxed or remove facial hair off your face, very important, especially women, as we get older, we get facial hair, especially on the upper lip or down at the chin level or our eyebrows either thin or they get thicker. And just going and getting waxed makes a very big difference in what your face looks like. So Mm -hmm. again, that's something I really encourage people to look into. Getting waxed now, there's so many different wax places. It it is a cost, but it's not a big cost anymore. And here's a tip from me. Uh Keep a tweezers, keep a tweezers in your car because that's where you end up seeing I, you're driving. I don't know if I touch my face more and I see uh, this is no joke. I have been at meetings where all of a sudden I swear to God, a hair popped up where it wasn't there before. So when you're in the car, the light is fantastic. I keep a tweezers in my car. Hopefully not when you're driving Katie, cause you have done well, a video do. for me for the podcast I, driving in your car. Yeah. But, but I wasn't looking at the video. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Now I will, that will be, if I'm on a long road trip, that will be a game I play with myself. Can I tweeze the errant hair while driving without looking? Wow. I didn't know that Mm -hmm. about you. Yeah. Never done that before. Little quirk. Never. But I do agree with you that the light in your car outside is fantastic light. So sometimes when you get in your car, after you've done your makeup, look in your mirror in your car Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. because it, you're either going to go, oh my God, what did I do? Or, mm-hmm. oh, that looks really nice. So that or is you're gonna, a really or, good tip. Or, or somewhere in the middle of that where you're going to go, oh gosh, I didn't get that blended, my foundation into my <laughs> neck quite right. And you have a demarcation, <laughs> which you don't want. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So okay, um, we have time makeup, for one more, one more. Well, it depends need... on how fast you talk. <laughs> a little, 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 no. <laughs> Um, I think people also need to think about their daily handbag. Just carrying one handbag over and over again all year round, I don't think is great. I think you should change it at least twice a year, depending on what your needs are. And if you start traveling again, it might be a different handbag. That's something you show up in all the time. And it's just like- you should have a handbag within a handbag, as far as I'm concerned. Depending on if you're going to meetings or board meetings, or you're traveling on an airplane, absolutely. That's called, I call that now the new tote bag. And really think about that because if it's really warm. 
What? <laughs> You're going to have to really think about a new term because dopamine dressing is like a thing. You're going to have to come up with something catchier for the new tote bag. I'll think about that. I'll let All you know. Right. There are many different terms, but what I'm trying to say is the old briefcase, right? That women would carry. That's no more, but it is a tote bag. It's something that's open. You can throw your handbag in it. You can throw your computer, your iPad, all of the above in it. And I always talk to women about that when they're showing up at meetings, an interview, a new job, new people, make sure that is in good shape. Mm, Absolutely. And it makes you feel good. And there again, in order to be able to change out, let's just say you've got two, three bags you love to wear. You've got to put them in a place where it's easy to switch them out so that you do it. If they're hiding, tucked in the corners of your closet or between things and you can't get at it, you're not going to do it. So even if you have a place in your mudroom, a shelf in your mudroom that carries you. So it's the last thing you do and you go, oh, I need to change my bag. And you've got a little staging area to do that. Speaking of that, in your mudroom, I'm going to slip another thing in. Coats, coats, jackets, right? It's really important to also think about that. And if you have that winter coat that you've worn for the last 10 years, this winter, if you've worn it and you know it's done at the end of the winter, donate it, get rid of it. Next year, buy yourself a new coat or a fall coat, a spring coat. It's really important to have those because depending on where you live, you're going to put a coat on. And it's if you don't like your coat you're wearing, again, it doesn't help with your mood. But if you have a really fun coat, you just kind of strut along a little better. So coats are something that people don't pay attention to. They don't want to buy. They don't want to spend the money on it. Really think about that. Yes. And there are great coat sales all the time. So I would say if you are done with your coat and it's the middle of the winter, go find a new coat and donate your coat now. Well, you can do it online too. You don't have to go to a store. All right. Well, Lisa, you have one more quick one because we have Alexis Curtis joining us. And I have to tell you, she has done more in her 26 years on the face of the earth than I think I've done in my entire career. I'm excited to talk to her. She's been an influencer, a blogger. She started multiple companies. She's young. She's a go-getter. She's up and coming. And wow, this will be a fun conversation. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to her. I just can't believe the depth of who she is. And when she started at age 12. Yes. Okay. One last tip. Got one? It goes back to makeup. And there's three categories, right? The foundation, the eyeshadow or things that you do around your eye and your lip color, right? Think about those because as the weather changes, you have to change out your foundation, whether you like a foundation that has lotion or it's a foundation you mix with your current moisturizer. It's really important that you like your foundation. What if you don't generally don't wear a foundation? I wear a tinted moisturizer sometimes. Sometimes it's just that's that's in my opinion, it's basically the same. It's a little bit of color that you put onto your skin so that your skin looks uh, smoothed out. It gives life to it. There's three tinted moisturizers, foundations. I know they're different, but they're the same in my opinion. Laura Mercier, Il Maquillage, and Tarte. Those are the three I think work really well. Tarte is really just a foundation. Mix it with your moisturizer. Same with Il Maquillage. But Laura Mercier is a tinted moisturizer. And it comes in like 25 colors. 
That's good to know. Now I'm going to put in one more plug because I think we are all busy women and those with families and those that are the sandwich generation, right? Between taking care of their parents, their kids, fitting a career in, give yourself the gift of a facial, a professional facial. I agree with that. Minimum, at minimum, once every three months. Absolutely agree with that. I do it personally. I know you do it personally. I've been doing it for years. And you think, oh God, I don't have the time. I don't want to do this. You lay down. Finally, you go there, you lay down and you're thinking of 8,000 things you could be doing. But if you embrace it, you wake up, (laughs) (laughs) you fall asleep, right? But your skin looks so much better. And I will tell you, I learned this years ago. If you have any event, a wedding, whatever it is, and you're going to have to have makeup put on or a headshot, get a facial one week before you're going to put your makeup on. Your makeup will look so much better. Amen, sister. We have Alexa Curtis joining us. Her newest venture is Grasshopper. Lisa, give us a little background on Alexa. So Alexa Curtis is a speaker, podcaster, and social media influencer. Alexa has been impacting the lives of teens and young adults for over a decade. She started her blog as a fashion blog in her teens, which gave her a platform to discuss real issues around social media and growing up. Before we talk to Alexa, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, Continental Diamond. Are you ready to elevate your jewelry and gift buying experience? Then you need Continental Diamond. Since 1981, Helene and Jimmy Pessis have been operating Continental Diamond. Their staff is highly trained, exceptional, and have been with them for many years, and they will help you find the exact right gift. For the past 13 years, Continental Diamond has been named Minnesota Bride's Best Jeweler. Beyond engagement rings, they have a large selection of fashion jewelry, timepieces, and they have one of the most experienced service departments around. You can visit them online at continentaldiamond.com. Go in and give yourself the gift of that experience. It's a special place located just 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, right outside the West End. Plan your visit. Continental Diamond, continentaldiamond.com. I can't tell you how excited I am to have you on our podcast because you basically started at the age of 12 and you have been going ever since and your positivity and everything that you're like an old soul at age 12. But I know that in talking and reading about what you've done at age 12, it started out as what most people would think is a negative thing and you turned it into a positive thing. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. And I'm such a big fan of uh, dynamic duo co-founders, podcast hosts. So big fan of what you guys are doing as well. Yeah. Well, so I started the blog back in 2011. So I was 12 when I was seven. My father was wrongfully convicted and put in prison in Rhode Island. So I know uh, kind of in the pre-tape, we we talked about the uh, nonprofit that I'm a part of. And that's why I choose the Innocence Project. So that was just a great question that you kind of asked uh, a guest. I really enjoyed that. But he got out the year that I started my blog. And so it initially started as fashion, really had no a- idea for it to become anything. This was back in 2011. So blogging, influencing social media. I mean, their Instagram, I think had just come out. Uh, it was almost more of like, the end of the MySpace and AOL era and just briefly starting with Instagram and Facebook uh, had been around for quite a while. So I had started the blog and did that for about 
10 years, figured out how to start making money off of it with these TV segments and just cold calling people. Uh, and then I really switched it to be more about being unfiltered and entrepreneurship. And that's what helped me land my show on Radio Disney. So I was living in Boston at the time and left Boston and went to LA and signed a deal with Disney. And so uh, Fearless Every Day was the show. And I went around the country interviewing kids who were doing really remarkable things. And then while I was at Disney, I had started building up this program called the Be Fearless Summit. Uh, and so I left LA and, and went to Austin, which is where I'm based now. Uh, and I now run Grasshopper with the original founder, Heather, Heather Miller, but that company acquired Be Fearless Summit. And so now I work with uh, Heather and we do Grasshopper together with our team. And that's kind of where we're at now. Okay. Uh, first I, I'm all, exhausted. I am no, same. I'm also tired <laughs> in a good way. In a good in way. In a good way. That the first of all, how to get uh, you're 25 now. I'm sorry, I had said 26 in the intro. Um, so 11 years you've been at this, and you just succinctly put 11 years into about a minute, which is pretty impressive. What drove you? I, I know that obviously the story with your father, and so good that he's out doing well? Yeah, uh, that happened. I mean, so many years ago. And you know, at this point, technology has changed so much. So like what happened to him then would never be able to happen now, unfortunately. But I mean, many people those do still do go to prison who were wrongly convicted. So that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think the driving force for me really was always trying to fill the void that I never really had growing up. I never had that role model, uh, someone who was self-made from a super small town. And I was always really inspired by Oprah and Ellen and always kind of role modeled my life after them. But when you're a young teenager, early 20s, I mean, it's still I found very hard to like, I, I feel so inspired by Oprah because she's quite older than I am or was at the time as a, this was building. So for me, it, I always went back to that. So anything I kind of do, I always think of what would I have wanted to know that would have made this journey gotten me to success in four years and not 10 years. And you had, what was your idea of success? Did that look like monetizing things or really the reach of people? That's an awesome question. And I think I'm still defining it. And I don't know if that's pretty consistent with a lot of entrepreneurs, but like, what is success? Is it the number in a bank account? Is it happiness? Is it, you know, friends or being able to go to a nice dinner? I always kind of considered it to be probably the reach. I think the impact of being able to speak to predominantly young women at schools and at colleges for me, I had always just envisioned creating this person that I would have felt really inspired by. So when I left Disney and started pursuing the college summits, and that was really a whole other, in a sense, product to sell that wasn't really based as much around my name is when I realized there was such a need for some type of programming in schools and even online, like this online content. And that's a lot with what we do with Grasshopper for people to have access to these major thought leaders and they're willing to pay and they're willing to come to these events. And I found that to be a sign that, okay, now I'm on to something new. It's just incredible. Yeah. So let's dial in a little bit more about Grasshopper. So Grasshopper is a career upskilling development technology. So it started as an app 
uh, back in 2020 during the pandemic. And at the time, I was also really thinking about what I could do in the mentorship space. So it's quite funny as an entrepreneur to look back and be like, wow, I was thinking of this. And now, you know, I'm doing it with someone who was kind of in a sense also thinking about it. And so we have multiple different products that we sell, starting with our memberships. And so that gives you access to these major thought leaders. Like last week, we had Sarah Harden, who's the CEO of Hello Sunshine Speak, and Candace Nelson, who's the founder of Sprinkles Cupcakes, and Mandy Tiffy, uh, Selena Gomez's mom. So we give members direct access to those kind of leaders. And then we also have events in Austin and most recently now, we just decided to uh, kind of do this Airstream activation. So we have this mobile mentorship that starts in February. So we're going to college campuses starting in Austin at UT and Concordia. And that'll be really mentorship in front of you on the go uh, from this Airstream. And then the last product is the summit. So partnering with colleges as well, doing our own one-off independent summits. That's incredible. <laughs> And when you're looking for these speakers, you know, how do you contact them? And are many of these women wanting to come and do this for you? Or has it been difficult to find certain speakers? It's quite interesting. So looking back, so I started this in 2018 and I had this idea to start hosting these summits and I had gone to a lot of conferences and just felt like they weren't that inspiring. So I had never had experience in event planning. I had never done anything, but uh, because of my experience at Disney, I had all these connections. So I just figured, call it the Be Fearless Summit, you know, don't trademark it, nothing. Uh, let me see if I can get it in front of a school. I pitched it out for a year, didn't hear back from anyone, and then randomly met a woman from Drexel at another conference who was like, this is really cool. We'll give you the space, but we won't pay you. And I just remember being like, but I don't, why would I need to be paid? I'm just having my friends come and speak. Like that's, these conferences are not that complicated. Well, and I mean, fast forward, it's a plus, it's night and day. I mean, I didn't sleep for months between the speakers coming and between the panel ideas and the topics and the pre-calls and then the sponsorships and food. I look back at that first summit and I have no idea how I did it on my own. I mean, we had sponsors like Shake Shack. There was custom swag bags. Half of it I got for free by just contacting the companies. Uh, but I was able to really find a good method for, for, for the speakers to where now I almost have this ongoing roster of people. So if a university comes to us and is like, can you bring a Be Fearless Summit? How does that work? We have a format that's four hours, that's six hours, that's eight hours. And depending on the theme, we have all of these speakers that we can plug into at any time. Uh, and then of course, if, if I meet someone else, so I'm like, oh, this person would be a great speaker. I kind of keep them on file if there's a fit for any opportunity. Well, I'm going to put in a plug for Lisa. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I know when we started, I was like, oh, you guys would be great. I know Lisa has done this for organizations and what she does is a little more behind the scenes, but the message that she gives in regard to, and actually we were talking a little bit offline before we got on and she was complimenting you on how you approach some things. So you guys definitely need to talk about that further, but Lisa talk about what you were talking about <laughs> offline. So when I was looking at your website and everything, you gave some descriptions of, you know, what to wear when you go to certain events and you mm -hmm. talk about that with the young girls. So why don't you talk about that now? Because you were spot on and I am very critical. 
So go for it. So do you mean in the sense of like specifically how to encourage them to dress? I encourage them to dress. And for example, you gave uh, business casual. What does that mean? Um, So for someone in your age category from the 24 to 37 year olds, I think that that's a really tough area to talk about because everybody has now just been through COVID and they have been able to be home and they're very comfortable wearing their sweats and their leggings. And now we're back in the world and, you know, people are interviewing again, they're interviewing in person. It's not just virtual, uh, their hair, their makeup, headshots, all of the above. And um, I think it's really important for this age category to understand how important that is. And I think that's what it comes down to is because of social media and because you're able to essentially do nothing and amass this following or this amount of money from a TikTok video. That's something I've always struggled with through building this website back in 2011 to now is that entrepreneurship is not just posting a video and making a ton of money. That does not mean you're a brand owner. And I think that's where a lot of these young people get confused is like so-and-so's making a million dollars posting XYZ online. Like I can just stay home and that's going to work for me. And it's a really unreliable path to take because it's also not sustainable in the long term unless you really have an interest in building whatever it is you're thinking of doing from home. So when it comes to dressing, I've learned so much. And I mean, I look back at some of what I've posted to an old blog post, and it's cool for me to see that because at that time, like, was I defining my own business casual? I don't know. I mean, I tried to follow so many trends. And also when I was young and I had no money, it was just kind of a mess. So I really say if every young woman between 20 to 30 can have a good blazer from Zara Uh, Get it tailored if you have to. I like a really good leather jacket, a really just solid pair of jeans that fit you. And maybe you need to go into the store and try them on. And also I have, as I got older, and I learned this a lot from Disney from going from being this blogger and I would work from my apartment wherever I was. And all of a sudden now I'm in these corporate meetings. So I remember at the time I had a manager and we went to the store and I put like half of it on a credit card right before the show started filming. And it was just like, we were at like Nordstrom and she was like, you need a pair of like good slacks. You need a plaid pair of shoes. You need a good high heel. And I've been wearing like whatever I could get for free for years. So now I have all of those items still. And as I've pursued even more like the tech startup kind of fundraising world, having that good pair of jeans, that good jacket, that good pair of slacks or multiple of them has just been critical. And a good pair of shoes. Yes. What's your favorite, what's your favorite wardrobe piece? What's your lucky, your do you po- have a lucky what's piece? Your, what's your power suit? It doesn't have to be a suit. If I could wear anything all day, it would be, I have, and it's quite cold actually here now in Austin, but uh, last year I, from Banana Republic, they have these uh, cashmere, like they're sweatpants, but you really can wear them in any way. And I got a gray pair and a cream pair, and I'm able to wear them with a really nice heel and a nice blazer and a simple cami underneath, or I can wear them with sneakers. And I really like that because I've I've heard just over the years, I think people, you know, you're only X 20, 24, but you look 35 and that can be really intimidating in business or just to X, Y, Z. So I try and keep a really good balance between still trying to look my age, but also 
feeling and like looking a lot more mature because I take a lot of pride in that just so that it kind of stays on brand with me. Let's switch gears for a moment in thinking about all the things you've done and just hearing you speak. You have to be extremely organized. Yeah. What does that look like for you? What are you a spreadsheet person? Are you a, like when you get up in the morning, is your closet completely organized? Are you, um, do you have a routine that you stick to? There's about 20 questions in here, but somehow I know you're going to answer them all. <laughs> yeah. I have always been, I don't know where this comes in. And people do ask me that quite often. And I think I, I just must've been innately like this. Cause I'm not quite sure why. I mean, my mom was a nurse and my dad was in sales. So I didn't really grow up around any type of real scheduling in that sense. Uh, but I remember even when I transferred to online high school, my junior year, cause I was doing very poorly in my regular public school. I had on my own cause my mom was working full time. My dad was gone. So it was just me. I mean, I would do like four hours of school to finish that. And then I would like do the blog and then I would have my working out whatever I was doing at that time. And so now it's, it's quite similar when I'm, when I'm home. I mean, I'm pretty boring, quite frankly, uh, you know, wake up at the same time, go to the gym at the same time, like go to bed the night before at the same time. It's like, I wake up, meditate for 20 minutes. I've been trying to read two chapters every day of a new book, um, work out for an hour. Then I go on my email. Then I either go into, I have a WeWork office, the WeWork office and sit there till like four or five, then come home and like eat dinner. And it's very, it's very constant. And it very much works for me because I find if I'm traveling a lot, it gives me just serious anxiety. I'm not one of those people that really enjoys being out of a routine because it's just hard when you work for yourself and you feel like, am I doing enough? Da, da, da. So I definitely do the best like at home, just with my day-to-day go with the flow. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? I would certainly say an extrovert. I would say probably if I had my choice, I think I would be more of an introvert, but uh, I find that when I'm put in social settings, I'm very confident. Even if I don't feel confident, I almost sometimes find the confidence helps me feel, I don't I don't want to say it's like an alter ego, but uh, like I can get on TV or speak to a thousand people, but it would probably give me anxiety to talk to two or three people like on their own. So sometimes I feel like a, a little bit of that, like alter ego personality businesswoman helps me maintain smaller groups and more intimate settings. I'm exactly like that, Katie. I always say to Katie, I have no problem getting in front of 500 to a thousand mm-hmm. people and talk about what I know. But when I'm just two or three people or the podcast, which I love doing, but it, you know, I, I'm still not super comfortable with it. Right. Exactly. Um, I understand that exactly. I I get that. Well, to me, that feels more introverted, though. How do you recharge? I guess that's the real question. Is the recharging when you're at home and you're in your quiet times or is the recharging when you're out in those large groups? That's something that I have found quite interesting because I think it really is being alone. I really thrive on being alone. I'm not someone I have friends who always need to be doing something and out with people. I really don't enjoy that. I very much enjoy being alone. Uh, so I think if I do something, I just then will like, like if there's a big conference or something, you can probably find me like at a, like the hotel bar or the lounge or whatever, just like alone, <laughs> reading a book, having a cocktail. I can't, I can't keep going. Cause I can get too deep almost into the like going, going. And then I find like, I don't know. I have like weird times where like my hand starts spazzing out or like mm-hmm. I 
weird things that I find like, okay, that's when I need to chill out a bit because it's hard to find that balance, especially because it's so thrilling and there's so much adrenaline sometimes in those scenarios. Yeah. Your body speaks to you and says, exactly. (laughs) I have a thought. I have a thought here. What I find your intestinal fortitude is something that keeps coming up in all of this. You have just such a strong intestinal fortitude. And then that creative mind, um, you like to create things. Yeah, exactly. And I think the creative side of it definitely keeps you going. But I also find for me, I don't find creativity like creating a TikTok or posting on Instagram. I'm not someone who thrives off of that. I really find it by speaking to people, by reading, by you know, actively hosting something or some type of event. That's where I find to be myself to be very creative. I'm not a typical influencer in the sense of the Instagram. I, I quite frankly don't really enjoy it. It's just like part of the job. That makes sense. And that's why your career is going to continue to succeed because you don't look at the trends and think that that's how you can make money. You see yeah. the bigger picture. It's just like when I do a wardrobe for a woman, no matter what age she is, I always tell people, if you're going to wear an outfit, pick one trend that you want to wear, right? Exactly. Don't buy a whole wardrobe full of trend because you're going to continue to replace it. Trends change. They repeat themselves, but they change. For sure. And so I think that that attitude you have and the way you do your business, you will continue to succeed. And I, I can't wait to see what you, you do next. So thank you. I hope so. I want to talk more about what you're going to do next. And I also want to talk about fearless because mm-hmm. I think that's something that you, your tagline, every woman can be fearless. Yeah. And I, I want to talk more about that because I believe women as women, and maybe this is all humans. There are times in our life where we're like the duck and above water, we look just perfectly calm and everything's going great. And underneath we're just swimming hard, right? Let's talk. Let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. On the Viewing Your Mirror podcast, we love sharing our personal favorites. Rustica Bakery is high on that list and we know you're going to agree. Rustica has two locations. They're original at 3224 West Lake Street in Minneapolis across from Calhoun Commons and Whole Food Market and Southdale Center next to Lifetime, where you'll enter without even going into the mall. Both have ample parking, either online or in-store. Bread, breakfast, dessert, treats, a menu sure to allow you to find a personal favorite in no time. Online ordering is a breeze. Available in-store only are savory menu items. Think grab and go for lunch or enjoy them there. Brunch items are offered Friday through Sunday. RusticaBakery.com. Find the food and drink you adore or try something new. Rustica Bakery puts the love shown by their customers back into every item baked. At Rustica, you're among favorites. And we're back. We've talked about intestinal fortitude, which you have an abundance of and could teach a class on. Your tagline, every woman can be fearless, but we know right through our lives, I think as people, you generally, you talk about it in one of your blogs, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. where everything's going great on the surface, you know, but underneath you're really feeling turmoil. Totally. Talk about that as you've built your career. Imposter syndrome. I bet. I mean, I, 
it's hard to speak to anyone's specific story, but I would assume perhaps as well that you also have even struggled with this. I mean, anyone successful, I find, has really struggled with imposter syndrome and figuring out that next step. And the issue, quite frankly, with imposter syndrome is that a lot of the time you're struggling to figure out if your success is worth it to you or that you're worth it because of the fact that you have been able to build something on your own. And I've always struggled with it. And I remember even when I got the Radio Disney show, I really struggled with it too. Am I worth being here? And what it comes down to is how confident you feel in yourself, because even you might get some big yes or some new element of success and this whole other set of problem comes, right? Like, okay, now you thought this is it. Like I'm done. I did the successful thing and now I can kind of chill out. But it's almost like now that you're getting more of a taste of what that success feels like, there's even more insecurity that comes with it. So I find really turning off website online, all of that, when I have those moments, therapy also, I'm a big advocate for, and really having a support group around you that you can really lean into in those moments. I mean, I'll call my mom, whatnot, just to kind of remember that this is just one moment. It's not that big of a deal, even if it feels like a big deal and it'll pass or it'll keep going. It also helps you grow. I mean, some of the times those moments make you grow maybe a little quicker than you planned or because of those moments, you think differently about other situations. Exactly, exactly. And that's, a really big milestone for anyone is that if they are able to just slowly start to work on themselves in the smallest ways, right? Every day, you're really able to, to go through those motions of the insecurity and the anxiety and just get a little bit stronger every time. And being okay in the fear. Yes. It- fear is what drives me. It's what honestly really, I think, keeps me going a lot of the time. So yeah, how can you, how can people lean into that more? But you see fear as a positive thing. And so I think that a lot of people, if they can change their attitude on what fear is, um, they might also be able to be fearless like you. Yeah, I do find it a positive thing because otherwise, what else do you really have if you're going through the motions of day-to-day life and it's all just really the same. I mean, how are you growing? How are you changing? And I think a lot of people also though, don't necessarily have that ambition in them to do that. And that's fine. But if you're someone who's constantly like, I want to do something, I want to do something, you're not making any changes to doing it. Well, then how, I mean, the world just is going to keep going. No one's going to tell you to do something. So you really have to to make your own decisions there. That's true. That is such a good point. So here's a, I'm going to figure out how best to ask this as, as 60 year old women, we came up, I came up in an environment. I worked in the um, construction industry for a lot of years, not a lot of women in, in the industry, but in other industries, women we're competing for a very small slice of something and there wasn't always nicety amongst women. I think that's changed. I sure hope that's changed. We are all about bringing all of us up so that we can all get better. We can all succeed. What are you finding now in your demographic and in your companies? With kind of uplifting women? With uplifting women. 
Well, I think it's definitely gotten better. I will say that when I was living in New York and LA, it was very cutthroat. There wasn't enough room for everyone to get to a certain part in their career. And I think that is a really positive about social media is social media has really enabled people to show off their skills and their hobbies in unique ways and not feel like they're competing with everyone because everyone has room right online. It's an endless bubble. And I think through a lot of our events we've had since launching our Austin chapter in September, we've really realized there is such a need for that in-person connection and communication. What I think sets Grasshopper apart is it's giving a really elevated experience to our members for a very affordable cost in comparison to a lot of these other membership communities that are very expensive. And we're doing that in a very curated way. So it's very quite cool when people write in like, oh, I'm getting coffee with this member today, or like I've been hanging out with this one, because again, that's something that my co-founder and I really struggled with through being at these corporate companies is there's really no community. So we definitely find that there is a need to be in person and have that connection. And it's just, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, that's fantastic. Do you think COVID has actually helped to build a stronger online community? I think COVID has helped in a lot of ways. Obviously, it's a very disturbing thing that we all went through, but I have found that I not only think it gave people a lot of purpose and understanding of perhaps how limited time can be, but I also do think it made people certainly think outside the box. How can they make money at home? What can I use the internet for? Because I hate my job. And it really goes back to that those people who they hate their what they're doing, they're unhappy in their life, they're very bored. How can companies and brands create new resources to give to those people so that no one should be bored, no one should be unhappy? And it might be the simplest change or product that can truly impact you in that way. So as a business owner, that's really that question that you go over and over is, what is the need that you're trying to fix and how can you give it to people even more so now from the comfort of their own home? Because people realize they don't need to be going into an office to make a lot of money, but they still want that community. That's so true. Yeah. So in your community that you have, do you do a lot with women that are first-time moms or uh, I want to get back into the workforce or how, how do you approach that? So with our membership, we have a lot of moms actually in it. I wouldn't say that they came to us like looking for that community of moms. I think that it was almost they're more entrepreneurial based. So a lot of our moms have full-time jobs, but they also have some type of side hustle or career on the side. Uh, And we only launched in September. So the members that we have, I would say maybe like 40% of them are moms, but we are nowhere in comparison to, I don't know if you guys know what Hey Mama is. Hey Mama is a very, like the biggest membership community group out there for moms. We are not the Hey Mama. We're almost like that next step for you to figure out, okay, you're either about to have a baby or you've already had a baby and now you want to either pivot in your career or figure out almost resources and community of women to help uplift you and motivate you uh, or help you find another career. So that's where you'd really come to a grasshopper. Okay. And you have, you have message boards, right? You were talking a little bit about that when we were offline, um, where people can ask questions or 
talk about that because I think that's fascinating and probably drives you to making some decisions for what's next. Yeah. One of the benefits of Grasshopper is you not only have all the content and whatnot on the website and social media is free, but that internal, those internal events, the internal discussions that you have through Slack. I mean, that's where our members really go and communicate. So we encourage them. There's different tabs uh, on Slack, which is an app, but it's also a plugin you can download on your computer. There's like a co-working one. There's a, what do you need? We always ask at the beginning of every event, like, what's your ask? What is it that you are looking for? Uh, so we always have that listed. And then, I mean, even today I was trying to figure out where these women and members are getting their main resource and news sources. So I posted that in there. So we're very much trying to facilitate that conversation between feeling uncomfortable or like you can't ask for help. And we're here to tell you, like, use us to be the vehicle for you to do it in a very easy, unfiltered and authentic way. That's incredible. Yeah. Is, is no in your vocabulary, Alexa? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think if I were to say it's not, that would really like, that's where people go, go and they have the hustle. And so, yes, I'm a big advocate of the word no. And I've leaned into that a lot more as I've gotten older, because there's just some things that I've done a lot of, or on a personal level and also a business level, I'm way more strategic. I think about the speaking things. I mean, I was speaking for years for free and I mean, I really love it, but it was also got to a point where I was like, okay, if I can't, if I'm not selling a product, you know, the speaking stuff, it gets a bit much because as inspiring it is to students, if you're not getting paid and they're not at that point, you know, able to buy something from you, I can share my story and have in so many other ways. So I hope that I've taken a bit of a step back from that, that the new generation of like influencers and stuff can be the ones, you know, going to the colleges and constantly speaking and stuff for free. Uh, Cause that's what I did for years. And it was awesome. And it really helped me grow a platform. Well, and it got you out there seeing what yeah. was needed, really what was, what was needed. Exactly. Do you Let's feel, say, Oh, go ahead. Do you feel fulfilled? Certainly. Now, yeah, I don't know, honestly, if you had asked me a year ago, if I would have been able to say yes, and that's something that I really struggle with. Uh, but now, yeah, and I think on a really personal level is where I realized that if you let your personal life suffer, and you think that work will make you fully happy, that is when things just go wrong. And that's when things in my life have always gone wrong. So now I, I think I take days a little bit slower than I did in my teens and 20s just on that go 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 and the slowing down it makes you feel a lot more fulfilled that's a good lesson to learn yep. at 25 exactly yeah because we are in, we're in our 60s and we still learn that lesson it's hard and it, again it's all of these obstacles some of them are even harder when you work for yourself and i look back and it's like i should not have had I didn't know at the time, but I didn't need a podcast and a website and a TikTok and an Instagram. I mean, I could have been way more specific and I think I would have experienced way less burnout. But you don't know what you don't know until you experience it. Exactly. You don't know. And every business owner would say it's really important to be on all of these things. And I think it is, but it's also critical that you figure out exactly what it is you're selling one thing and who are you selling it to? And then you can expand from there. Mm, that's sage advice right there. Yeah. Lisa, what fun questions do you have for Alexa? If you were a dog breed, what do you think you'd be? Oh my gosh. 
I would be a Maltese and I dog said it a few weeks ago, my neighbor is Maltese and we fell in love. I, I didn't think I ever wanted a dog, but I could not give Teresa her dog back. And I think that's what <laughs> I would see. And I, I see them on the street and I like send photos to my boyfriend and I'm like, can we do it? Can we do it? Can we really get one? Uh, they're just, they're, they're the coolest. It was the coolest experience of my life to dog sit this dog. I feel like so, they just prance and have such a forceful, positive, forward-looking outlook. No problem in their life. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually grew up having Maltese. Ah, okay. We we had three of them. We had oh, three no of way. Them. Yes, we did. Foofy, That's Foofy cute. one, and Foofy two. <laughs> they are just okay. the just happiest dogs. Why we had that name, no clue. I was pretty young when we got the first one. Yes. Well, that's probably, that was probably that that's your parents letting the kids name the dog. It sounds like. I, no, I think my mom did. <laughs> I think my You'll mom did. You'll have to ask her. That's a great question for her. Why? I think I know the answer to the next question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What is your superpower? I think my superpower. Oh, that's a good question. I would, I don't know. What's your answer? Uh... I'm not going to tell you yet. You have to answer. <laughs> I think multitasking definitely is my superpower. And I think being very uh, just self-aware. I didn't realize actually on a personal level, as well as a business level, I mean, it might sound a little bit um, rude, but I mean, people are really lacking like awareness in just life. I mean, I have conversations and I'm like, what are you even, like, do you, do you like what? I mean, I was on a call with a potential sponsor the other day and I have to say, oh my God, we just hired a sponsorships girl. And I called Nina and was like, Nina, that literally took 45 minutes. And she would like say a sentence and then be like, but I don't understand like what it is you want. And I would say like, literally you have a PDF in front. Like, I don't, ah, that's what really <laughs> picks me off. I've always been like very much straightforward. Like, here's what I want. Here's what's happening. If I don't want to do this, you know, I'm happy to say, I don't want to do this because, and some people just, I don't know, don't have that self-awareness. So I'm glad that I have it and hope I can inspire people to, to have theirs too. You know, that brings me back to asking you a question when we talk about, you know, when you get with people in Grasshopper and you're having conversations and people are unhappy generally here, there, and everywhere. How much of that unhappiness is because of a self-awareness of what they need to do to advance themselves in an, in a career? Does that make sense? It does. And I think that's a really good question because a lot of these young people are missing this large middle of life, right? It's like you, you go to high school, you go to college. I mean, I didn't go to college and then you get a career or an internship and you probably don't like it. And then, you know, you go to your next one and these are all these learning steps. And then you start to figure out your finances and how to save and like what you really want to do in the future. But everyone forgets those critical years in the middle. So they're just like, oh, it's my first or second or third job and I hate it. And I guess this is it. And I'm just going to be miserable. And it's almost like you haven't even taken the steps to hold yourself, honestly, accountable for this misery, right? Uh, or this unhappiness. And so you either need to dial it back and make your life a lot more simple, but certainly you cannot rely on that overnight success and obsession to allow you to miss these critical years of your life. That's what I find. And and maybe asking for the help that goes back to asking for the help or some guidance or 
looking at the self-work, which sounds like, again, turning to Grasshopper, you have that opportunity to work on yourself in some group, group, group think for lack of a better term. And also telling people and making it so much more okay to not be okay. Right. I think a lot of people really get frustrated when they haven't yet figured it out. And it's so okay to not have it figured out. It's well, so okay. I'm feeling better. I'm feeling so much better because I can tell you at 63, I still don't have it all figured out. Totally. <laughs> a lot of people just quite frankly don't. And it's a process every day to, to do it. But again, I think that if you continue to learn and you keep trying to figure things out and just when you figure one thing out, then you got to learn about something else, right? Exactly. So you have to keep doing that because that's what keeps you young and healthy and happy. I mean, that's to me the process of life, right? Because people who get complacent and don't want to do that, they get, they age pretty quickly. So quickly. And again, they miss out on those parts of life that are really critical to figuring out exactly what you want to do. If you're too fast to give up, then it just doesn't work. That is exactly right. And therein lies the key. I don't have it all figured out, but the process of trying to do it on a daily basis is pretty dang awesome. Yeah. And it keeps me young and it keeps me interested and it keeps me open. Totally. That's it. You know, my grandmother told me years ago, And she lived to be 94, but she always had very young friends. Always, no matter how old she got, she made younger friends. And she always told me, she said, Lisa, make sure you always have young friends. The older you get, make younger friends because you will learn from them every day. And that's what keeps me young in my mind, even at 94. I mean, even the day she passed away mentally, she was not a 94 year old woman. And that has stuck with me. That has resonated with me for years because I was pretty young when she told me that. Yeah. And I think that is also very good advice to give people. Totally. And that's why we wanted to have you on the podcast, right? I know. And I'm not even that young. God. Oh, oh my God. You're, you're a lot younger than us. It's all, it's all of, it's where you're at. It's where it's you're all at. relative. That's right. It is absolutely exactly. all relative. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about the Innocence Project. And then we're going to find out how people get a hold of you, get a hold of Grasshopper. Hang with us. A little insight on working with Renee and her team at Renee Keller Interior Design. We have put together a team and a process that has been honed over 13 years to create beautiful homes with intentional beauty. We're storytellers through somebody's home. Our job is to take all the information from what a client wants in their home and bring it to life throughout their house. When you walk through their house, it should feel like them. It should have a kindred spirit about them. It should reflect their life, not ours. And so when we are designing, we are personally designing it for each and every client. To explore working with Renee Keller Interior Design, go to ReneeKeller.com. It always is delightful that the conversations that we have offline are just as great as the conversations we're bringing forward. 
You really truly have been just a bright shining light. Let's talk about the Innocence Project. And you have a very real reason for getting involved and have been for many years. So what brought you there? You talked a little bit about it at the beginning. Yep. Tell us about the Innocence Project itself. Yeah. So Innocence Project is very close to my heart. My father, like I mentioned earlier, was wrongfully convicted back in 2007 and put in prison in Rhode Island. And so the year that he got out is the year that I started my blog. Now, when this experience happened in my life, I had never known kind of what that, what trauma in life could be. I mean, I was seven when he went into prison. So as I got older and I started realizing that I really needed to get a hold on that trauma on my own, otherwise I was going to face years of problems in the future is when I found the Innocence Project and became very involved with supporting their efforts to help exonerate wrongfully convicted people. And I have found a lot of the experiences of working with them and going to their events and helping to raise money be something that for me has allowed me to heal because I think as a kid, whenever you deal with something so traumatic, it's always kind of like, could I have done something? Could I have changed something or whatnot? And so Obviously, the answer to that is no. I mean, it was completely out of my control, but the Innocence Project allows me to feel like I'm helping solve the problem that affects so many. And so it's quite dear to my heart. It's innocenceproject.org. So not the word the is not in there, but innocenceproject.org and the about. And they work to free the innocence, prevent wrongful convictions, and create fair, compassionate, and equitable systems of justice for everyone. And you never know when you're going to need this. And this is something that should be important to everyone. Gives you a get involved. It it talks about the cases that they're involved in. So Mm -hmm. what a wonderful organization to be involved in. Thank you for bringing this forward. Yeah. And there's also different chapters too. So like there's an innocence project in Connecticut. There's an innocence project in LA. It's never just one chapter. So you really can be involved even in the smallest way in your, in your area. Thank you. Give us the down and dirty on how to get a hold of you, Alexa. So you can become a Grasshopper member at grasshopper.com with two Ps. Uh, my social media is just Alexa underscore Curtis and Alexa Curtis unfiltered on TikTok. And my personal website, which I don't really update that website too often anymore, is lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com. Wonderful. And somehow you keep it all straight and I can't wait to continue to follow you. And now that we've learned about you, you just are going to bring lightness to all of us on a daily basis. I really feel. Oh my gosh. Well, I am just so honored to have been a part of this podcast as well. And very much look forward to watching your guys's continued success too. Thank you. You are incredible. You're going to put a smile on my face all day long. Oh my gosh. That puts a smile on my face. Thank you guys so much. All right, Lisa, I need to go do something with my life and fast. Oh my God. She's a breath of fresh air. And she just, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just hope I can continue to watch to see what she does. Right. Um, she's an old soul. She's amazing. Let's just say that she is our hope for the future right there. I mean, we are exactly. in good shape. If we have a lot of Alexa around and you know what, she's building this community grasshopper. Hopefully she's going to build a lot of those type of women for the future. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I'm really that, that will carry me for days to come days. I agree. Just like what I said to her when we were signing off, I said, you're going to put a smile on my face all day long. Fantastic.
If people want to get a hold of you, Lisa, how do they go about doing that? They can go to my website, wardrobeconsulting.net, or my email at lisa at wardrobeconsulting.net. And I am katieharms.com. Email katie at katieharms.com. Pretty darn easy. And here's what we want from you. We want you to remember dopamine dressing when you get up in the morning and you give yourself that great start to the day. We want you to know that you are the best version of yourself. So look in the mirror, give yourself a pat on the back and approach your day with all the beauty that you have inside. Until next time. (laughs) 